0: It's good to be with you today. We're going to continue with what we were talking about last time, walking with Jesus. You know, it's a good, simple topic, but it really does make up our life. It makes up our Christian walk. It makes up our whole life. If you're a, a believer in Christ, what does it mean to walk with Jesus, and how do I do it? Last time we were together, we noted that when we do walk, okay, physically, right? There are four general principles that are involved in walking. Number one, a destination. Where are you going? Where are you walking to? You're walking the dog, going to get the mail, throwing out the trash, walking to the office, the desk, right? You could have a destination. Secondly, there's a time frame. How long will it take to get there? I mean, you don't want to spend... 3 days walk into the mailbox to get the mail, right? You got to know how much time it takes. Thirdly, you need some strength. Right? Takes strength to walk. And fourthly, momentum. Momentum is a big part of walking. In other words, you got to get going. So we made a spiritual application. Our destination is what? Christ-likeness. Where are we walking to in this life? To be like Christ. What's the time frame? Well, how long will you be alive? <laughs> That's your earthly life. And where does the strength come from? It comes from Christ himself. He, the indwelling Christ and the, the power of the Holy Spirit will strengthen you. And momentum, you got to get started. See, once you're walking, you actually carry yourself with momentum. And as we said, just as there are various kinds of walking sticks to help one navigate over rough terrain, for instance, we talked about, um, and you've seen different kinds of canes, a four-footed cane, a cane's got four little feet at the bottom. You've seen a cane with a big handle. Some are kind of decorative. There's all kinds of canes that people use right? Well, God has provided us with walking canes as well, walking sticks for going over different types of terrain. And what are they? His promises. The promises of God are the walking sticks that will get you through and get you to your destination. Okay? So, and you know, think about it. God gives a promise for every situation. And we made this application. Be sure you have an assortment of walking sticks in your spiritual closet. The more walking sticks you have, the better you'll be at navigating over different types of terrain. Okay. In other words, the more promises you know, the more terrain you can cover. The more you'll get through and over those obstacles that get in the way. Today we continue with this thought. And we're going to discuss another aspect of walking with Jesus. Perhaps if you've ever walked with someone, there was a time or a tendency to either get too far ahead of them or lag behind. You ever do that? Like they're going too slow, so you're up ahead. Or they're going too fast, and you're way behind. Well, this can happen when we're walking with Jesus also. And why do we do either one? Why, If we're walking with someone, why do we either go ahead or lag behind? Maybe, perhaps, we run ahead because we are impatient. Okay? You know, much of our trouble in life comes out of reckless haste. It does. And we lack patience and we put haste where patience should be. Here's what some people said about patience. There are two cardinal sins from which all others others spring, impatience and laziness. Wow. He said, these two are like the root of other sins. Okay. Somebody else said, the secret of patience is doing something else in the meantime. That's true, isn't it? That's why you've seen people take a book to the waiting room in the doctor's office or a book on a bus or a bus stop. Why? Because they're doing something else while they're waiting. If you're just waiting, you can become impatient. Okay? And you probably want to bring your own book because the stuff at the doctor's office, forget it, not worth reading. Somebody else said, Patience is something you admire in the driver behind you, but not in the one ahead of you. (laughs) I'll say amen to that. The guy in the front, he's always going too slow. The guy in the back, he's okay. He's all right. He's leaving me alone, right? Now, think of some of the troubles you could have avoided by being a little more impatient, by not running ahead. How about forgetting something? Man, I I just did that this week. Hurry up, run to the car, get to the car, forget what? My briefcase. You know, the, the, the hurrier we go, somebody said, the more behinder we get. And it's easy to forget things when we hurry. We make mistakes. We make all kinds of mistakes. We can have a bad attitude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can avoid having a bad attitude when you're patient. Okay? So it is so true. Haste does make waste. It does. When we're too hasty with something, we either have to go back and fix it or go back and redo it or throw it away and start all over because Haste makes waste. How many of you have ever failed the microwave test? You take your item out four to five seconds before the time. <laughs> you ever do that? Okay, you put it in for two minutes. And then there's five seconds left, you take it out. You just flunked the patient's test. Couldn't wait five more seconds. I do that. I do that. So in impatience, here's what happens. We cannot wait for the fruit to ripen so we get bad fruit. And spiritually, we cannot wait for the answers to our prayers. We need patience. We need to walk with Christ and not run ahead after we pray and wait for the answers to come. See, we're exhorted Walk with God, but sometimes God walks very slowly, doesn't He? It's like He doesn't seem to be in a hurry with much. God, I'm like, God, how, how, what, why do you have to go so slow? I mean, I know you're eternal, and one day is like a thousand years, so you're not in a hurry, but like, man, I don't have much time. Can't we move this thing along? That's me, and we have to learn to walk with God, and God walks slowly. You may find yourself running ahead of God in his plan for your life. And when we do this, we're opening the door for trouble to come in. Here's what the Bible says in Isaiah 40 verse 31. Those who wait for the Lord, there it is, will gain new strength. Oh, they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Think about that. Waiting for the Lord. You mount up like an eagle. You know, it's been a common and popular opinion that the eagle, he lives and retains his vigor to a great old age, beyond even the common law of other birds. And you know why? Because he molts in his old age. He renews his feathers and with them his youth. So what happens when we wait with God? Thou shalt renew thy youth like the eagle, says the psalmist in Psalm 103, verse 5. Waiting on God revitalizes the soul. See, running ahead of God doesn't revitalize anything. You know what it does? It causes frustration. Because we're working against God's time, timetable. God's got a timetable for all he does. I know. We don't like it. We don't like it. He's too slow. But he knows what he's doing. And we, when we get ahead, we end up waiting. I mean, the, the, the fable of the tortoise and the hare. Some of those old fables, you know, they have a lot of truth. All right? The race between the rabbit and the turtle. They both took off. And the rabbit was so far ahead. And he thought, oh, he won that race because that turtle's so slow. And he would lollygag and get distracted and go off course. And here comes the turtle, slow and steady as she goes, nice, even pace. And you kids don't learn these fables today, but we grew up with them. And you know, the outcome, the turtle won the race. Why? Steady and slow. The rabbit, he got too far ahead of himself, got distracted. Got off course, boom. He was embarrassed as well. Okay? So let me ask you, and you're walking with God. Are you praying for something and impatience is disheartening you? You're getting disheartened because you've prayed and it's like, God, I just prayed for this this morning and nothing's happening. (laughs) It could be, God, I prayed for this last year and nothing's happening. I know people that have... Prayed to God, and 10 years later, God answered the prayer. God has his own timetable. Are you getting restless? Maybe even ready to give up? Wait on God. Do not get too far ahead of him. You know why? He goes at the perfect pace. He really does. We don't get it. We don't understand it. We don't see it. But God does. The Bible says in Psalm twenty-five, three: Indeed, none of those who wait for you will be ashamed. You know what ashamed means? It means ashamed. <laughs> it also means to be disappointed. There's no disappointment when we do wait on God, when we don't run ahead. Remember, we're talking about walking with Jesus, not running ahead of him. That's where disappointment is walking with Him. And not only is it dangerous to get too far ahead of the Lord, but it is not any more helpful to lag behind. Drag your feet. Oh, Jesus, wait for me, wait. You know, during this time, here's what God waits for us. And when we lag behind, we can miss out on blessings that God wants to give us, but we're not going forward with Him. We're distracted like the rabbit. All right. We've, we've, we've gotten off track. We're walking down this path with Jesus and all of a sudden something grabs our interest and we fall behind and he just keeps going steady as she goes and we're distracted. And then we look and there he is a half a mile ahead and the blessing that he's ready to give. We're not there. Nope. We're not there to receive it. In Joshua chapter 3, in the Old Testament, God said to Joshua that he was going to exalt him and show the people that he was to be their new leader after Moses had died. Now, Moses was a great leader. He brought the people out of Egypt, but he had his own failure, and God took him, and Joshua was next in line. So, God told Joshua, listen, you're going to You're a good man, you've been proven, you're taking over. God told Joshua to cross the Jordan River at a very dangerous time and a very dangerous place. You think, wow, the water was running at its highest, and it was the deepest part of the river at this time of year. It was like high tide. And God says, this is where I want you to cross, and this is when I want you to cross, when it's the most rapid, raging river that it could be all year long. That's when I want you to cross. Now, they could have waited. They could have looked at the river and said, oh, no, man, that thing, are you kidding me? That's white water rafting material out there. They could have waited, but that would have been lagging behind the Lord. So in verse 13 of Joshua 3, it shall come about when the soles of the feet of the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, by the way, he's reminding them, who is this Lord? Oh, yeah, he's the Lord of all the earth. When, when, when the feet of the priests who carry the ark rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan will be cut off. And the waters which are flowing down from above will stand in one heap. Wow, another water miracle. What did God say? I know the river looks rough, but I want to tell you, get the priests down there, have them stand in the water. And when they stand in the water, I'm going to stop the river. And the great significance of this account can hardly be overemphasized because it marks the crossing of the boundary into the promised land. I mean, like, this is what they had to go through to get to what God promised them. And it parallels the miracle of the Red Sea crossing. God is very good at doing water miracles. And when Jesus and, what was it, John chapter 2? He did a water miracle too. He turned water into wine. That was a good one. All right? God can do it, you know. He He calmed the storm when the disciples were in on a boat in the Sea of Galilee, and the water was raging. Jesus did another water miracle. Stop, cease, be still. Water always obeys God. If He tells it to stop, it stops. If He tells it to turn into wine, it turns into wine. Whatever He wants it to do, it does. So these people had to what trust. God. And they had to operate according to, here it comes, God's timing, even though it was challenging. You know what this would do? This would build their faith, but it would also increase the fear of the Canaanites, because it'd be like, oh, look at their God. Oh, their God, their God did that? I don't know if I want to fight these guys. If their God can stop that river like that, I don't think we want to fight them. And, you know, word got out. when And when God parted the Red Sea, word got out. And that's why Rahab hid the spies. Because she said, when we heard how your God defeated the Egyptians and destroyed the other nations, our hearts melted within us. Too bad Rahab was the only one that it affected. Everybody else, they heard it, but they didn't get on board. But Rahab did. And Rahab hid the spice, So the priests didn't wait for the water. The water waited for the priests. You see? The priest didn't go down to the shore of the river and say, okay, now as soon as it slows down, we'll put our feet in it. No, the river waited for the priests. And as soon as the priests put their feet in the river, the river stopped. And it's, it built up like a wall, just like the Red Sea. See, this is faith. Faith is not waiting for adverse conditions to subside. Faith is going forward in adverse conditions. That's faith. Because you know what faith means? God is with me. And if these conditions are adverse, God is bigger. God is bigger than adversity. Go ask young David. When he fought that loudmouth giant, Goliath, he said, the Lord, the Lord goes with me. The Lord will give you into my hand, big mouth. I'm not afraid of you. Even though he was the biggest guy around, nine feet, six inches tall, the whole Israeli army wouldn't face him. But David had courage because David had God. That's the difference. You want your courage to grow? Then walk with the Lord. Don't run ahead. Don't lag behind. Walk with him. Abraham had to leave his homeland and he left all his relatives in order to receive the promise of being the father of many nations. God said, come on now. Leave your country and I'll show you where to go. It wasn't like, well, wait a minute. I got some things to do. I got some business deals to close. Can we do this in six months? No, it's now. And he had to do it now. How about those 10 lepers? Remember those guys? Jesus said to the 10 lepers, Go show yourself to the priests. That's what he said. While they were on their way to the priests, the healing came. While they were going. Now, if they lagged behind and said, Oh, no, man, we're not going to the priests. They're going to think we're crazy. We're going to sit here and wait for the leprosy to go away, like Jesus said, and then we'll go to the priests. That healing may never have come. Jesus wanted them to walk in faith. Go show yourself to the priests. By the time you get there, do you trust me? Your leprosy will be gone. They trusted him. See, the healing was in their obedience to what Jesus said to do. And when Jesus tells us to do something, timing is very important He sometimes he might say, "Do it now." He might say, "Wait, don't do it now. now is not the time. He'll impress that on your heart, and He's done that with me, and sometimes I have obeyed it worked out good. sometimes I didn't obey and pff, forget it <laughs> didn't work out too good. You know I know what it is to 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 not walk with the Lord, to walk either ahead or behind and and get the wounds from it. Oh, yeah, still do it at times. I don't know why. Just that lack of faith, you know, sometimes. So as a follower of Christ, remember this. You have been made just. You have been justified by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And because you've been made just, the Bible tells us how to live in 2 Corinthians 5.7. The just shall walk by faith, not by sight. Okay? Faith is reliance upon Christ, not by how things appear. Let the people of the world walk by sight. Let them walk by their emotions, by their feelings. See how that works out. But we walk by trusting in the Lord. And He leads us and He guides us and He gives us promises. And those promises are those walking sticks to get us over rough terrain, all kinds of terrain, all kinds of circumstances that are in our life. Your life is a spiritual journey. Your journey is a walk. And when we walk, we take one step at a time. Don't we? One step at a time. That's it. So let me summarize what it means to walk with Christ. Very basic, very simple. I think that's the way it should be, right? When we walk, we have a destination. Our spiritual destination is to be like Christ. That's where we're going. We're not going to church to fill a notebook. We're not going to church so we can win arguments and win debates. We're going to church because we want to change. We want to be less like us and more like him. We want Christ-likeness. That's why we go to church. That's our destination. Number two, we have a time frame to make that happen, our earthly life. For me, my earthly life, most of it's in back of me. There's only a little bit left in front of me. And I want to make the most of it, the best that I can. What's in back of me? I didn't do too good with that pop, But I'm hoping I can redeem the time. So we all have an earthly life. That's your time frame to become Christ-like. Our days are numbered, right? And the issues of life and death are in the hands of the Lord. So we don't know. We don't know when's the last day. So make the most of it. Thirdly, we need strength. Yeah, you need strength to walk. That strength comes from Christ. He, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Paul said. He keeps on pouring his power into me. So never think you don't have the resources to go forward. You do. They're spiritual resources. They're dynamic resources. They're the riches of Christ that he's given you. Human resources can never get you to finish this journey. They've got to be spiritual resources. That's why we continue to walk with Christ. And then thirdly, momentum. We've got to be consistent. We've got to be steady. Like I think I said last time, if you took a step as slowly as possible, maybe try this later, take a step really slow. Let it take you a minute to take a step. At one point you're off balance, and you might even fall. You know why? Because you lost your momentum. But when you're walking, the momentum carries you through that point of unbalance. And that's why we need spiritual momentum, activity. We have to be consistent. We have to continue to walk with Christ. We can't like, well, I'll take one step now, and then uh, one step, you know, go into slow motion. It's gonna fall away. Momentum is the key. Just like anything. I remember when we were kids and we all had junky cards, junky cars, and they were always having dead batteries and stalling out. And we'd have to in those days we had to have a clutch, and you'd push the car and pop the clutch and the car would take off. But you had to get it going first. And to push it in the beginning, that was tough. But once it got going, it was easy. You know why? Because it had momentum. That's the key. Momentum will make our spiritual journey easier as well. So you have a pace to travel at. Not ahead of Jesus. Not lagging behind Jesus. Just walking with him. While walking with Jesus, I'll keep busy while I'm waiting on Him, okay? Go forward in faith when He commands me. The Old Testament prophet asked the question, the two men walk together unless they've made an appointment? An appointment to meet? No. King James says unless they be in agreement? No. So be in agreement with Christ. Make an appointment. Walk with Him every day.